Welcome back to the Kinda Everywhere podcast. We still don't have an intro yet because we're too lazy to make one. So we'll probably get it get to it by two months from now. <laughs> so, That's the deadline, okay? <laughs> once again, I'm Meg. I'm Miko. I'm not Meg. <laughs> and this is Meg. <laughs> Hi, I'm Meg. I'm not Miko. <laughs> so I'm from the Philippines. Meg was from the Philippines, but she's not now. So we're calling us what? from. I'm still from the Philippines. I just moved countries. But yeah, I'm in Australia. Hello. So you can tell by her accent, and this is actually a very special episode because it's the second episode, and it's actually the first time that we have a guest. And. Oh this guest is someone that I've known for a very long time. And I think he's, I think he's really one of the people that can strike an interesting conversation. And I'm wondering what he thinks of our topic this evening. Because like I mentioned earlier, our topic is about if we were an alien and we visited Earth, what is the weirdest thing that humans do? So our Not guest for this evening is none other than my brother. So he's had experience in so many things. So he's not only a registered nurse. Nursing was so easy for him. He also become, became a professional photographer and videographer. And one of his most recent ventures is uh, scouring Alibaba and reselling for spicy, spicy deals here in the nice, Philippines. Nice, nice. An entrepreneur also, as well. Yeah, a great entrepreneur. Multiple streams of income, the real shebang. He has a really big TV in his room. You can see it in his screen. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> but I don't. relevant? Because <laughs> I'm kind of jealous and I don't say anything about it. <laughs> and here's the funny thing, Meg. The, the best thing, that I, the, the one thing that's my favorite thing, let me digress just a little bit, is okay. that he set up in, the ho- in one of the hotels that we manage a system better than some of the five-star hotels that are here. What system? So, system for what? You know, you know how it's so stupid that because it's, it's kind of like a technology you have everywhere else in the world, except for some reason, mm-hmm. no, no, no one else in the Philippines knows how to set it up. So you know the problem when you visit a hotel room and then mm-hmm. they give you a different router just for your room. Okay. Right? So then yeah, they give yeah, you a sep- yeah. they happens. give you a separate password. So now you need to re-enter a new password into your phone and it's labeled something like uh, Meg Suites 502 because that's yeah, the room you're about. staying in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's stupid. You don't want your guests to constantly like you don't want them to check in in your in your lobby and then enter um enter a password there. They go up to the room and they enter a password. Get there. another password, yeah. Then you go to the pool and then you enter another password in the pool. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And my brother agrees that that's kind of dumb. <laughs> Very dumb. So so what we did, what he did, is that he found a way to magically put all of these routers all over. Magically. Know, because yeah, you're not telling technologi- us. Technologically. Yeah. We're not going to reveal <laughs> trade secrets. No, 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 no. <laughs> so anywhere now in your entire hotel, 
you only need one login. You only need one password. So you have the same, you have the same credentials for, uh -huh. for your room, for the lobby and the pool. You need to log in only once and it never mm -hmm. disconnects your phone. Yeah. So now you don't need to go through the hassle of, well, my phone is still connected to the lobby, but I want it to connect into my room. So you'd usually What's need the to- What's the name of this guy, Miko? Who is he? Yeah, he's my <laughs> brother and one of my idols, or I don't say that often. And Aww. he's my Brand. kuya. That's the Philippine <laughs> term for elder brother. Mm, uh, he's also my, my opa, but without hair. <laughs> so Rude. he's Rude. Louis in our step Louis Stefan Inario. Hey, Louis. Hey, hey. hey everybody. To the podcast. So yeah. Um, so don't drop the RN. That that very, very long intro um aside. Uh, yeah, very happy to be here. Uh happy to uh be the first guest ever on this podcast. Um and just yeah. Just kind of happy to get something started. Uh, Miko and I have been talking about making a podcast, um, just a very, very random kind of silly one, or I don't even know really what it is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad he got something uh, together and, and launched it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm just very happy to be here and uh, support you guys in however way I can. We're having a lot of fun in the last episode. So we thought about having a serious one and then we decided to not do that. <laughs> and we're continuing to have a fun conversation. And tonight we have actually an interesting topic. So we actually just posed a simple question that we're all going to answer. If we are an alien looking into the earth, what is the weirdest thing that earthlings or people do? And I actually didn't think about anything the whole day. I had a very productive day today. So I was working for like six hours straight and it was wonderful. And I just thought of one thing just now, like just right before we started. And it's when Meg mentioned this plushie. And I realized that there's a whole culture of people in Japan that like they use body pillows. Wait, hold up, hold up. You're an alien, okay? Yeah, so which I'm an alien. You which planet it, are you from? It Make doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I I'm come I come from. Uh, I Whatever come from water basin land. I don't know. <laughs> I come from planet Ukana. Okay, so you yeah. landed in Japan. So I landed in Japan. Okay. And I and and I I I now understand how. A mating works on Earth, all right. So mating. I figured, okay. yeah, I figured That's out that wow. there, need, okay. there needs to be interaction between a male of the species and a female of the species. My species, mm -hmm. personally, we just clone ourselves, so we live in peace. Very good, asexual, <laughs> okay. as as Copy called by face. Earthlings, all right. But here's the okay. thing. I see the youth in Japan and even some of the old people and they have these things called body pillows oh, right body pillows. and they have and they have prints of fictional characters on them can you explain so, that to me what are, are you are pillows? you sure you don't know what I'm that looks like i'm i'm 
being honest. Oh, Maybe God. I am an alien. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, no. Oh, God. Here, here. Oh, no. Explain it to me. so that No, those you need don't... to see it. What about those who can't see us? Okay, you so... You have to describe it. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't know how to... Oh, my. Okay, so a body pillow is a pillow which is the size of your body and you 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 hug it or you put your foot on it or you know you treat it like a person it's the size of a whole person all right so the thing is people in the u.s also have body pillows before but then it wasn't as popular. Not everyone like has back problems. It used to be advertised as a like a chiropractic thing, you know, to help you with your posture. Because some people need to sleep on their side. Not everyone can sleep on their back. But the okay. Japanese <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Japan. So they, they saw this they saw this concept and they said, Ho what if we print anime characters on it? <laughs> So this is what it looks like, Meg, because you don't okay. know, and that's unfortunate. What's a body so, pillow? So oh my God. this is a body <laughs> pillow, and we'll censor some of them. Oh we'll censor God. most of them. Wait, so, Miko, Miko, wait. I yes. have a pillow just like that. It's printed on both sides? No, it's called like, we call it the hot dog because it's shaped like a hot, it's, it's so huge. Yes, yes, yes. So, but, yeah, but okay. the Bali pillow is, it's bigger, a bit bigger than a hot dog and it's shaped more square. But as you can see, this is kind of weird because... Kind so, of. Kind yeah, of. I mean, as you can see, it's kind Thank of weird. Thank you for introducing me to weird stuff, Miko. Oh so, my God. We need to censor some of them. Most but of I, them. Most of them. So, and remember, in Japan, gender equality. So you have some for the guys, you have some from the, for the girls. It's great, I think. So, I don't know. So, I think from the outside looking in to Earth, I wonder, and I ask myself as an alien, if one of the things we need to do as a species is procreate, and create new, great offspring mm -hmm. to, you know, spread our genes further. Why do people, why do humans purchase body pillows with fictional characters on them in very special positions? <laughs> very revealing one, well, actually. Oh, well, I didn't say anything, Meg. What? Revealing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I aliens. Oh. aliens. Yes, yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's pretend that I'm an alien, too. Like, I'm your commander in the mothership. Yeah. And then you report so this to me. How would I report that to you? Yeah, like, and then you tell me that... So, Commander Meg from the, <laughs> from the planet Ukana. So, I have to report that people like pillows from earth what are pillows you ask yeah what are pillows they're fabric filled with other materials <laughs> soft <laughs> materials but people and sometimes then... like to print on them with things on it <laughs> what aspect of, of 
society do you think this will impact? I don't know. Socioeconomic. No, but here's the other thing. Uh-huh. I also don't know anyone from Japan that actually owns a, a body, body pillow. pillow. Maybe they don't tell it to everyone. Come on. like. No, but, but a I lot of did. people I from the told, U.S. <laughs> I just told everyone from the podcast that I grew up with. A lot of people with... from the U.S. have body but pillows. They're not, but they're not printed with this weird stuff. Yeah. In it. Well, the older people don't have it printed with the... <laughs> okay, it's the younger. One. Oh, as you can. So you're see. saying the younger generations are weirder. Uh, well, the older generations kind of did some weird stuff back in the day. What well, don't you think, Kuya? In Japan, well, Americans in Japan did weird things. Uh, really? <laughs> I do- oh my god! How would Tell you come me about to that it. conclusion. What? <laughs> I didn't bring any bombs to the United States. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't want to call it weird, okay? I want okay, to call okay, it fine, fine, quirky fine. or something. Quirky or quirky. like, I don't know. <laughs> let me branch yeah. this. Let me branch this discussion off let's, just a little bit. Because I think it's kind of weird that a lot of, a lot of like young uh, African-American people like they really get into anime. Like, they're really intense about anime. But there is a guy. How do you know this? There is a guy oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is that he evaluates workout routines seen in anime videos. <laughs> okay. So, like, his, his, his channel got popular when the anime one punch man came out a couple of years ago and his channel was still small then but he kind of rode the he rode the he rode the the viral stream of of one punch man and he did saitama's workout for 30 days straight so 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups and a 10 kilometer run so he did that for a whole 30 days and he actually got results and he actually provided like an in-depth explanation of like what wow. muscles this trains in the body. How can this actually benefit you if you are actually to do this workout? And then after that, he decided to do that same video format for all of the animes that involve exercising. Yeah. So, and did he was he able to punch like One Punch Man? <laughs> Well, after the end of the yeah, I think that's the most important thing there. <laughs> yeah, because that was, was the point of the to... workout. Yeah, that's the most important question. Well, no, he I didn't. Know. <laughs> of course, he Unfor- did Come on. Unfortunately, we can't punch the moon like like Saitama. But oh well. So anyway, I think that's we're talking. Your... I think we're talking a little bit too long about body pillows. Uh huh. <laughs> So let's so let's let's ask let's ask uh, Kuya. What do you think? Mm, what's weird your thing. weirdest weirdest thing that people make do? a wait? You forgot to introduce our guest. Yeah, you oh, didn't wait, introduce right. me at all. You're oh, terrible no, host. I forgot. <laughs> I, yeah, you're I, terrible. I apologize. Because you think too much of those body pillows. Come <laughs> on, Miko. <laughs> Man, don't expose me. I only have that plushie. I, I promise. I won't tell it anyone <laughs> but if you ever oh have Oh, God. One. Okay, All right. 
introduce our guest. So we'll we'll cut this and put this in the front in post. Wow, <laughs> amazing. Good job. I'm just gushing with the amount of bromance that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> oh, like, God. Wow. Don't bring it up, Meg. Jesus. You know, it's winter here. It's just so warm right now. <laughs> it is winter there, right? Uh, spring actually started September 1. Oh, so good. I'm happy. Can you send some coldness this way? Yeah, it's so hot in the Philippines. Oh, my God. If only <laughs> we can exchange. I need sun so it's much. It's so warm, man. It's so warm. It's so, it's so cold here. Like, ugh, even the people are distant. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Actually, yeah. That's a weird kind of digression, Meg. Yeah. Because it's like social distancing. Oh, Come no, on. that's right. We're on stage three lockdown. But right. if you were an alien, what would you think about the, the coronavirus situation? Before we get to your individual weird, weirdest thing about people. Like, if you're an alien... Okay. What's the stupidest thing about handling the coronavirus situation? Let's Let start me with that first. Me. Yeah, sure, sure. You go ahead, Meg, and then Kuya will talk about the situation in Cebu, Philippines. Okay, go. I'm go gonna ahead. talk about the situation in Australia. I'm <laughs> okay. an alien, right? Yeah. And I landed on the outbacks. Yeah. So you're from Here, the planet it... Yukana. Yeah. And here in Australia, they have a term called whoop whoop. And whoop whoop is like nowhere in the middle of nowhere. Uh Like, you know, they have like big deserts. I don't know if it's a desert. Like the entire middle of Australia is basically a giant desert. Yeah. So that that part there is called whoop whoop. That's what they call it. So I'm an alien. I crash in whoop whoop. And then I found my way to, let's say, Melbourne. And pretended to be like, yeah, Melbourne. Yes. That's the correct pronunciation, yes. Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. And then when the the virus was like online. Well, why did I say online? I don't know. Wait, wait. (laughs) When it it spreads through people. The weirdest, weirdest thing that I will notice if I was an alien is why the hell would they amass a huge amount of toilet paper? The first thing that they reach for survival is toilet paper. <laughs> Actually, Honestly, even as a person, me. even as a person, and I'm sorry if I'm digressing, but the Asians that I know here in Australia, we will be talking a little bit about toilet, ladies and gentlemen. So please, if you're eating, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> The Asians that I know here, my Asian friends, we're all like having question marks at the front of our foreheads. We're like, what the hell is happening? We, we didn't, we didn't uh, hoard toilet papers for ourselves because we thought that it wasn't as important. Like we would hoard like canned goods. Or but rice. did you hoard rice? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. You're Asian. And oh my god, like we're only allowed one, a five kilograms of rice per person. So what we do is, in a household, we what? will pretend to be separate people. <laughs> and then we will buy, oh my god, I'm just telling everyone how I, I broke the, the grocery rule. Oh we no. pretend like we're separate people and not in a household. And then we will like buy rice, 
But then, you know? yeah, and as a as an Asian, like we were like wondering, why it's all the paper? And I even went so far as to look at that. You know, you know me, Miko. How how <laughs> how how overreacting I've become. Like, I even went to go to think of the psychological, you know, a background of Australians. Like what? But they do it in the U.S. too. Yeah, in first world countries, maybe. Am I generalizing? Did they do it in the UK? Do you know, Kuya? Uh, as far as I can tell, I don't think so. They did There's hoard like lots of canned goods in the UK, though. Did they hoard yeah. the tea? <laughs> no, 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 they have an ample supply. Every household does have one. <laughs> it even went so far as like all the memes here, the circulating here in my circle, are like, do you want to buy a car? Or do you want to give buy toilet like, paper? No, just give like barter like one, 12 one. rolls of toilet paper and then you're like rich. But yeah, that's the weirdest, one of the weirdest things uh, in the onset of the pandemic. Maybe there's something psychological happening to people about their bums and saving their bums or something, but that's yeah, really weird. They're taking it a little too literally. Like they're hmm. literally saving their asses. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> big brain do it yes we explain the phenomena ladies and gentlemen yeah they're saving their we bomb we did it we we solved we 2020 it. yeah we, we solved it you're okay. welcome everyone <laughs> yeah let's solve world hunger next <laughs> oh no but yeah that's what i experience here what about you guys what's what's our yeah, dear so let's move to Koya. what's uh What's the okay. weirdest thing? Um, okay. You are so an alien. Let's assume I'm an alien. So ass mm -hmm. I, I assume I got here because I have interstellar travel. Um, yeah. And thus, obviously, I listen to science and I, I, I'm generally a very smart creature. Um, so when I crash on Earth and I find out that, and once I decipher the language, and I find out that there is a subset of people, like I, I, a very vocal almost majority of people that disregard science because they don't like how it's telling them to behave and basically just following these very simple steps and advice is going to help eradicate this whole thing that's going to kill the entire a, a large swath of the population and mm -hmm. they don't follow it because it hurts their feelings or something that is the weirdest thing to me like if I'm an alien, I get here and people are like, "Oh, I'm not gonna wear a mask because it 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 it." Uh, you can't force me to wear a mask. Yeah, it it uh, infringes on my freedoms. That's that's <laughs> kind of crazy. That's honestly kind of crazy, and not even just a little bit weird. That's a whole lot weird. So I think that's the weirdest thing for me, like people not listening to science when the evidence is there, um, and I, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of like it's prevalent everywhere um even in like the philippines or like uganda or the not united not only States. in the philippines and you got even here it's what? it's kind oh, of a big damn. Thing. yeah <laughs> there's You're a actually... lot of anti mass sentiment there's a lot of anti medicine anti science sentiment and it's i have no idea where it comes from it's such a crazy thing it's such a weird thing that like especially as someone as if if i were really an outsider looking in like wait yeah 
all the information is saying to do this and they're not following it? Why? No, but don't worry. I have uh-huh. essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to keep you from getting the Rona, the essential oils. Your RC I have, I have or your eggs. time. I have eggs and essential oils. Jesus Christ. The I'll eggs do, thing is hilarious. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do voodoo magic. Are you familiar <laughs> with that, Meg? Did your mom do that to you as, you, as a kid? Oh, oh yeah, the incense. You know what they do? What they do to kids in my? Oh my God, um, they put the incense in the in like a smoke situation, and uh-huh. then they pick the kid up and then just smoke the kid <laughs> like a salmon <laughs> on top. Do they have a child afterwards? Do they taste good? No. <laughs> I'm still here, <laughs> intact. So no, it might have Maybe. worked. No, that's not oh, what yeah, I mean, Meg. Worked. I mean the, the the egg thing, the egg thing. Oh, the like, egg. Oh, so, yeah. And you put it in a like a soft drink, a royal. I think. No, no, it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a, Nico's talking about the completely different. So it's thing. a it's a voodoo magic oh. kind of thing, and basically okay. you take an egg, and like your like your mom or someone related to witches does does it or something, <laughs> okay. and then she 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 takes the egg. Hard And the egg. eggs, the eggs. No, it's not hard boiled. It's oh, it's, not? it's not cooked. So the egg okay. is not cooked, and then you run it over the body. Oh my god! Yeah, you run it all over the body to right. absorb the voodoo or the negative energy. The Rona. Yeah. So so basically, the idea is you know osmosis, but for negative energy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So oh, Jesus. so and when you and what happens is you 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 run it over the entire body. And then, like okay. the person has a fever, and then the fever just disappears. Yeah, it's the really fever great. disappears. It's weird, but you need to crack the egg to verify that you got the voodoo out. How? How will you know? Because <laughs> no, because actually the egg, when you crack it, it has black spots. Okay. So the black <laughs> spots was was the negative energy that it pulled out of someone. So if it doesn't have black spots whatsoever, then it didn't happen. Yeah, so no, you either... need more eggs. <laughs> oh either you need more eggs or you didn't have a real voodoo person to I didn't I didn't experience that. Oh I that's too bad. I experienced being spit on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. You're no, but I, I experienced then. that. I experienced that though. I did. For yeah. international listeners, like this is called a we have quack doctors as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because we, especially for people who live in, in provinces, people who are listening to us will think like, oh, Filipino, the Philippines <laughs> is like, <laughs> like a very weird place. But no, here's the thing. Much in and here's city. the thing. Like <laughs> yeah. people from like people all the way, even up to like, like middle or upper middle class still yeah. believe in that yeah. stuff. Still do this stuff, yeah. It's still... It's still kind of it's kind of cool, kind of odd, but kind of cool. <laughs> the, the interesting thing about that egg thing actually is that I don't think it's just Filipinos that do that. I'm fairly certain. Oh, Mexicans definitely do that. Yeah, the Mexicans do that. It's kind of like wow. a weird Christian uh, thing. I, I don't know. No, but it, it yeah, or a Spanish thing probably. Yeah, Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. Oh, yeah, no, so what what also happens, Meg, yeah. is that if you if if too much evil energy enters the egg, when it you crack it, <laughs> no, when you crack it, instead of egg coming out 
the entire contents turns into blood. Wow! And that yeah. happened? Apparently. So apparently, sometimes they try it for like exorcisms and stuff, and the egg turns into blood. I see. That's <laughs> what you're so, saying. But we're not, we're not trying to be too superstitious on this podcast because we're talking <laughs> about aliens. <laughs> but what do can, aliens can we, think of superstition, though? Yeah, can we unpack that, though? I want to unpack that, that conundrum. Wait, like, can we why? unpack first that the egg thing yeah. isn't as weird as the body pillow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the body, the body pillow thing body is pillow. like it's a really weird and they're life size too so like whatever the character size is that's how big the print is right mm. so oh yes yeah yeah that's the thing strive because for, excellence they need to be excellent in what they do yeah accuracy is what i was gonna say but wow. yeah both of that both of those things go japan yeah. so weird <laughs> so let's move to kuya because we're, we're done with meg and then what what's your personal weirdest thing? So we talked about the coronavirus weird thing. So we have mm-hmm. toilet paper mm-hmm. and uh, the one from the Philippines. What was that again, Kuya? Not uh, listening to data. Not listening to science. For the science. Yeah. Actually, yeah. when you brought that up earlier, I didn't actually realize that you're talking about uh, the coronavirus. I thought you were gonna bring up the flat earthers. Oh, uh, those are that's a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> completely different episode it's a different yeah. episode but anyway let's plan that mm. so 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 anyway like it, it deserves a topic on its own but what's yeah. your personal weirdest thing outside of the outside of the pandemic what's the weirdest <laughs> thing for you about humans okay for me personally I, I actually gave this quite a little bit of thought because like when you told me about this uh, earlier i was thinking about like what's the weirdest things that humans do like um, there's a, quite a lot of things that people do that's really weird, like the whole body pillow thing. But I think personally for me, and I think this may just be my age showing, but the weirdest thing that people do is celebrate birthdays. Because think about it. If you think about it in a positive way, it's like, oh, yay, I survived another year. But if you think about it conversely, oh, I'm one year closer to my death. So it's like a yeah. countdown. There's like a countdown to when you're gonna die. So I think that's a really weird thing that people do, and, that and makes, it's a happy one. It's a right? happy one. It's it's a really it's weird, weird thing. Like, I think we're trained because if you really think about it, I think we're trained like from a young age to be happy that we survived another year, you know. But yeah. um, I, as you as you grow older, you realize that oh, like age is really just. It, it's random. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, and like hitting certain milestones or certain age, certain like numbers, it's just like, okay, I guess. Um, but then if you think about it a little bit more, you realize that, oh, it's more like a countdown to when you're going to die. And the worst part is you don't yeah. even know what the last when? number is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a really odd practice um, that I don't know if we'd be we'd be better off if if we like did away with it or if like it's just a thing that we should just ignore and you know this is just like brain exercise at this point but yeah for me personally that's what i came up with that that's probably one of the weirdest things that people do like constantly be happy about and celebrating their birthdays and i think one thing that you should bring up about birthdays is that especially when you are celebrating the birthday 
yeah. no one ever brings up how awkward it is when people sing you happy birthday. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone else is singing and when right. when yeah. it's when it's when it's when it's when it's not your turn, you're also there singing. Right. And you're like Happy birthday. <laughs> Especially when you're in a restaurant and like a whole crew sings happy and, birthday to you and every stranger right. in that situation are looking kinda, at you. Like, yeah. And no, they're and, trying to decide think, whether to join in or not. <laughs> like they want they want the they want part of the cake. Like, can you send some to this table too? And then you try you kind yeah. of start singing in your head as well. Yeah, I think the I think the oddest thing also is that when you get past a certain age, like you've done it like a couple hundred times, right? And mm. yet, you still don't know what to do when it comes your time to be the, on the receiving end of the happy birthday song. Like, you've done yeah. it a couple hundred times between yourself and friends and relatives' birthdays. Wait, I just realized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if that's all because we share, we share that aspect of our personality? What if someone mm. loves it? Like, what if they're a narcissist and they love it? Like, I don't think that's right. They just don't admit. It, that's right. Same happy birthday. <laughs> Whose birthday is it? My birthday. <laughs> My <laughs> birthday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's that's a fair that's a fair point too. That there are probably some people who do enjoy having um the birthday song sung for them. And that's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Kinda don't want to meet anyone like that. <laughs> <laughs> like who's you weirder? Know- people that drink blood or people that like Happy birthday being sung to them. The, the second thing, the, the second, second one. <laughs> there are people who drink blood. Yeah, why are, they, why are you so ignorant who, about these things? <laughs> you don't watch enough Ripley's Believe, believe It or Not. <laughs> oh, God. Why do they drink blood? What there's for? A, there's like Iron. a... No, there's like a subset of... Uh, or there's like a subculture of goths in the US. I, I don't know if it's like an international thing. But I know the one okay. I did see is from the uh, from the United States. Um, they practice blood drinking, and it's really it's really funny too because they understand that there are things that you could get from blood uh, yeah. if you drink someone's blood like raw. So they have donors, and they have them tested, and they drink the blood. Wow. Like they have a whole yeah. thing. They're not idiots. Um, they're just a little bit you know quirky, as you like to say. Yeah. Quirky. This is connected <laughs> to what you said earlier about people rejecting logical stuff and scientific stuff. Mm-hmm. And following their emotional or unrational yeah. intuition. Right. And got me thinking, it's that's really a powerful force in society. Like for sure. Even even Trump's logic. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, I'm not claiming that I'm the most logical person in the world. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when I look at these people, it got me thinking, like, what does it feel like to be inside their heads? Like what's yeah, going be- on? Because I can't understand at all why they do this thing. I'm like, if only I have the ability to go inside their heads and understand so that I can show them the light. <laughs> oh, there's no showing these people the light. Sorry. Oh <laughs> they literally wear black. They wear black for a living. Um, but that would be actually a very interesting exploration, like as maybe a, a further episode in a podcast or something. Yeah. I'm bringing someone on who's like, completely on that side of the spectrum where they let their mm-hmm. emotions um, rule their decision making um, mm-hmm. because that's actually something I've, I've asked myself to like what, why are these people so easily swayed by things they see on the internet like um, I'm not generalizing an age group but generally speaking yeah. um, people who are a little bit older 
have a tendency to believe like just any random article they see on the internet, you know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And But yeah, emotions are definitely a super powerful thing, which is why uh, marketing and uh, and going to school for marketing almost entirely yeah. revolves around the psychology of emotions because the manipulation yeah for sure because like that's oh all there's mark- a term for that um social engineering social engineering yes, yeah yes. Okay. yeah kind of scary yeah um and but definitely for sure like one of the things that like it for most people um and people who are particularly don't um kind of muster them their emotions or like um take control of their emotions um mm-hmm. they definitely let that override their 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 logical senses um and it's such a it, and uh the the majority of people do that they they follow yeah. their their instinct as most people will claim it to be um completely overriding or completely ignoring every other factual point um being given to them uh, and the problem is the 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 stories of successes of people you know following their gut versus the people who fail which is far far more um mm-hmm. are like the weight of those stories the success stories of people following their guts um heavily outweighs all the other stories so people who see it and they're like oh okay i, I probably should follow my gut more which is yeah you know <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Hearing you talk about guts and everything, and when you said that emotions overpower human beings, I remember evolutionarily speaking that our frontal cortex, this is me being a geek, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> our, our, our frontal cortex, the one that makes logical decisions, actually evolved pretty late. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. So our our basal the brainstem which mm-hmm. hosts the emotions and the 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 stimuli that that we we experience and the quick responses that we do that evolved first and i'm not sure if that escalates into it having more power over us I think as human beings, we have evolved the frontal cortex to make logical decisions, but it's not integrated as much yet. Like we haven't evolved to, you know, to Listen take. To enough, right? Yeah. And do you know that myth that people use like just 20% of the brain power? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I think that's because we really haven't explored the full power of using logic alone. Mm-hmm. Like much of our undertakings are still overpowered by emotions and everything by our primitive brain functions. Ha ha ha. That's not all scientifically backed up. That's just <laughs> me rambling. So no, don't no, quote on me. No, don't quote me on thing. that. So if I synthesize what both of you said, there's actually mm-hmm. a part from the book. So I recommend everyone that to read the book for our work week. And the uh-huh. guy okay. that the guy the guy that wrote it, Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. So he he made his millions by making a making a supplement. It's not a drug. It's okay. a supplement named Brain Quicken. All right. Mm-hmm. He only sells it 
to amateur athletes and bodybuilders. All right? Okay. He used to sell it as Brain Quicken. But mm-hmm. then because there's so many people that buy it, he was like, I'm getting so much demand, but I'm also getting so many complaints. Because there's so many people. Right? Then he, he dumbed it down and he chose a smaller market but with a, with a dedicated audience. Mm-hmm. And he named it uh, like Strength Quick or something. Then he marketed it only to bodybuilders and amateur athletes. So there's there's that kind of connection between you know trying to improve your mind, trying to yeah. get the most out of your brain, but at the same time, uh, uh, it's also related to that social marketing thing, uh, social engineering, because yeah. he didn't want he didn't want to sell all the product to everyone. It, it's so tiring. Apparently, dealing with people consumes so much of his time. He can't enjoy being a millionaire. So sure. it's like, wow, through this. No, and here's the thing. Like his whole book of like four-hour work week, it's about him saying that I've already been rich, but there are people who are rich who don't enjoy being rich. And his whole thing is, the dream actually isn't that people want to be a millionaire. The dream is people want to live the way millionaires live. Mm, so you need you, you, that yeah. you have the ability to do whatever you want, right? That you mm, can. It's not the money at all. Yeah, it's not the it's money. The it's living the life. So yeah. it's going on the yachts. Like his whole point is, I was rich. He was a millionaire selling those supplements, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. He wasn't enjoying his life because he spent his whole life answering emails. People asking him, can I eat your supplement with bananas? Can I eat your supplement with broccoli? Can I eat your supplement with steak? <laughs> oh, gosh. So it's a, it's a whole shebang. And I think that also opens a different like, discussion. Like if you were an alien, like maybe this is a more serious discussion. But you, if you're mm-hmm. an alien, and let's assume that you come from a peaceful like entire world colony and then you arrive on earth and then you look at the income disparity between people and you think oh, tell me about it you're like that's kind of weird <laughs> i mean that's an understatement but then as an alien looking in it's like but they have so much food people from the united states throw five tons like what is it uh almost a hundred tons of food Tons and tons of food every, every per week. day. Every day. Yeah. Per day. I've seen that for They him. throw the food. And people mm-hmm. in yeah. Africa, not only do they have, have no food, they don't have any water. And they're dying. <laughs> no, yeah. and you know, the, and that's the thing, you know, we're bringing up Africa again. And then the leading cause of <laughs> the death. <laughs> the, yeah. the leading cause of death in Africa isn't any like illness. Mm-hmm. It's it's malnutrition and dehydration. Yeah. Because people don't have access to clean water. You have to bring up like a reputable source for that, okay? Or else <laughs> No, but this is exactly why like all of those initiatives, like you know that straw that you can stick into mud and then drink right. water? Yeah. Um, life straw, I think cool, it's, it's called. Yeah, life straw. Because it like That's has so cool. many filters in it. Yeah. Apparently no, the water it's... tastes disgusting. Yes, but, it does. But it's but it's drinkable. It's better water. than dying. It, right. It's yeah, better than dying. So, yeah. and that's so weird. Like we have people in the world developing applications 
that you can use on the loo. You can use it on the toilet. That's what they do for a living. But people across the world are literally farming corn every day, getting it taken by their government, and they're left with like three pieces of corn for 10 members of the family. Wow. Like... It's it's that's, it's that's I, weird. I think the more amazing I think the more amazing but also bad thing about it is that people could live their entire life without knowing how other people live their life. So I know like, what do you like mean? we're we're a mean? group of more socially aware people. I would say like you were a debater before Meg Kuya like really spends a lot of time reading about a very like a lot of topics mm-hmm. and so so we know we know that the, like people are dying in africa we know that there are wars going on around the world but then if you're someone who really doesn't care like you don't care about the news all you care about okay. is your job mm-hmm. like you could just live your life without knowing that there's income disparity between you and people in africa like you're a social animal, but you can exist in a bubble. Yeah, you can yes. exist in a bubble. It's, it's so, that's true. It's so weird. It's very weird too. Oh, there's so many things weird about human beings. <laughs> and I want to insert something. When you mentioned about farming, I think yeah. the weirdest thing about human beings as well is we are the only animals that actually failed to assimilate to the environment. Yes, assimilate into the environment because we yeah because we destroy. The environment. The environment that we have, that's of all the animals on, I, I'm even tempted to say that human beings are not animals anymore. Like, because look at the other animals. Are you, are you going to bring up the matrix, Meg? (laughs) Yeah, I got that from the matrix, actually. (laughs) I don't want to call us viruses because that's too much, but. I think we grow out of our animalness, but it's still here. It's we are in like this weird threshold. Like we are not animals, but we're still animals and like so, we're we're so, like viruses. We're confused. Are we alive? So, are so we you're not saying alive? that people <laughs> are coronavirus and the world made coronavirus to counter people. Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Nature has a weird Maybe. sense of humor. Like a very ironic, oh, you're going to become the virus, eh? Okay, mm. cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Here you go. I, Deal I, with hold, this one. Hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. But that is an interesting, like, that is an interesting point. Like, uh, we are very social creatures. I, uh, I read recently that uh, civilization probably started when... Uh, they fi- they started finding so a lot of people uh, assume that civilization started when we started farming or when we yes. started uh, working with tools or creating mm-hmm. our own tools but um, a- among anthropologists um, they think or there the general consensus with them is that um, uh, civilization probably started when we started caring for each other like when we started living as social groups because they started finding people um, or, or, or skeletal remains or fossils um, where there was set a broken bone. So mm-hmm. that means that person had someone take care of them after they had broken that femur. Because um, if yeah. you were just any other animal, say, for example, you'll a be left alone. Bison, 
Yeah, yeah, you've just become the slowest animal of the pack. Thank you for your service. We're going to see you in the next life, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when they found, uh, when they started finding these fossils with, with like, uh, you know, set and healed bone, they realized, oh, people were already taking care of each other even way before we started farming, way before we started, like, discovering metals and fashioning mm-hmm. ourselves tools. Um and it's very interesting that in the course of our evolution as a species, we've kind of forgotten that, that the whole point of becoming this like creature that superseded all other creatures uh, in, the, in the savanna or in the plateaus or whatever, in the forest, um, the whole point was to become a stronger unit uh, than each and individual cooperate. person could be. Yeah. Because like yeah. the reason why the lion is very deadly is because each one or the tiger is very deadly is because each one can tear apart 10 people. But mm. 10 people with the right tools and the right coordination can definitely cage and capture True. and, you know, take care of these tigers. That's our strength. Yeah, turn in, them into in, circus, circus animals. I was thinking turn them, <laughs> into, ru- them. Into, into, into rugs, but okay, circus animals. Yeah. <laughs> you mean yes. poachers? <laughs> but, yeah, um, something like the, that. The point is that we've kind of forgotten along the way that the whole point of humanity um, is that we should take care of each other. Um, people mm. in power uh, have kind of like created a system or not kind of they have created a system where people think the whole point is to live uh, individually um, and we know from uh, you know data from all over the world I mean I don't I don't have the facts I don't have the, the actual data points but in places where they um, you know give a shit about the other uh, about the lowest uh, members of their society Generally speaking, they have more fruitful uh, existences, um, and they're more happy. Generally, yes. So yeah, yeah. I I'm think thinking, I read that article. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about the Scandinavian nations, um, you know, mm, where, the where, Netherlands, where people have like a minimum basic income or a universal basic income. Oh. But also, I mean, realistically speaking, like these are all nice things, like on paper. But like to fashion a similar system that deals with hundreds of millions of peoples or even billions of people is quite difficult. Like it, it requires a whole lot of um, social engineering and not yeah. just that, it requires a whole lot of resource management. Um, and the problem with that is often than not, the people resource managing are going to end up becoming dictators at some point. <laughs> yeah you know like socialism or no actually not i'm not talking about socialism i'm thinking about communism as a concept actually kind of like works you know like if you think about other people in theory yes it works but every time when only one point of the structure controls all the resources it becomes very difficult to avoid corruption and yeah Yeah. this is the biggest problem and the weirdest part of humanity, it's the tendency to corrupt systems designed to take care of the many for the benefit of the few. It's, I've been wrestling with this thought for like, I don't know, maybe the past three years. Like how do you dismantle or recreate, a, refashion a system like that into something that's actually kind of like, you know, resembles uh, taking care of everybody? Um, like like a utopia communist 
Yeah, well, situation. You know, one thing <laughs> that you can try. You know, one thing that you can try is what they did in Africa. Mm-hmm. So Africa's way more corrupt than the Philippines. <laughs> at a, at a, a couple of years ago, but the, they they were able they they pulled off a revolution. <clears throat> okay, but here's what they did. They're like, okay, so we know everyone wants to cut off the heads and like give the death penalty to all of the people that we proved committed corruption. All right? But we're not going to do that. So we're going to give everyone a clean slate. We're going we're gonna to give everyone a free pass because many of the people tangled in the corruption were corrupted because the system was corrupt. Right. So they acknowledge that, well, of course, there are malevolent individuals, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone that's malevolent. But sometimes, and I think that it happens here in the Philippines too, like good people, like people with good intentions need to subscribe to the corruption just to put them in a position where they can do more good. Sure. And that's it's the weird system thing. That's forcing <clears throat> them. Yeah. So the, the system yeah. is forcing them. And I never thought that this would happen, but one of my friends, and he wasn't running for a big position. He was running for an SK chairman. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. But you he train also, him young. Yeah, SK chairman. <laughs> Gotta start and, young. But, but honestly, I know this person, and he's not corrupt. Like, he's always been the kind of person, like, volunteers his time, volunteers whatever. But here's the thing. If he doesn't win the election the person who's his opponent is more corrupt than him. Like he's the kind okay. of person that um, makes, a, makes an underhanded deal with the, with the mayor and then takes the money for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does he as a person prevent that from happening so he just participates in the corrupt system? So that he will win. So that he will win and he can actually use the money for good. Mm-hmm. Like there's so actually a, there's yeah. actually a really interesting um, parallel to that in in the first Batman movie, um, the Batman Begins, um, when you know how Gordon is being introduced as just this beat cop, and mm. uh, yeah. he's like, and his partner Flash is like, oh, you know, Gordon, when you not taking any of this like money, it makes the rest of us on the on the force nervous. Look bad, um, yeah. Yeah. So and. It, it's very rare for someone, like realistically speaking, for someone with such integrity like that, like this could only happen in a movie is what I'm trying to say. Like if it were anywhere in the world with a corruption, with, with a high enough corruption rate, um, uh, a high enough corruption rate, uh, someone like that gets either shipped off to somewhere where he can't you know, actually uncover anything or mm-hmm. he turns eventually to the dark side, or he gets turned into worm food. If you catch my drift, yeah. you know mm-hmm. they disappear. Bottom feeder. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like in in systems where corruption is the norm, it's very difficult to change things from the inside um, that way. But again, like what with Miko's example, um, well, yeah. So you, if you were given that choice, would you rather? Um, allow the person you know to be corrupt uh, to win um, and let him carry on with his, you know, with his corrupt ways? Or would you rather join in on the corrupt system and then try to use whatever influence and money you get 
to make lives better for as many people as you can. Like currently in the yeah. current, uh, for example, in the U.S. election, uh, a good example <laughs> for this is. Oh um, God! No, hold on. Go on the Democratic yeah, side, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. what's her name? The vice presidential uh, candidate uh, or the part, the running mate of Joe Biden. What's her name? Kamala. Kamala Harris, right? Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as far as I can read, she is very. She she started out being very progressive. She wanted less uh, less time served for minor drug offenses. She wanted minor drug offenses to be stricken from people's records. But then she realized that she could do more good um, if she were a district or as an attorney. She could do more good as an attorney general. And to get to that point, she needed to play with the system, play within the bounds of the system, right? So um, I think we can agree that to an extent there is a an anti uh well not anti but there the, the system is not designed for african americans to flourish in the united states you know like there are definitely mm. exceptions to that rule but generally speaking if you're a person of color in the united states you basically get penalized from the starting line <laughs> yeah the, it's not equal footing yeah it's not equal given. it's not equal footing yeah. sure um, yeah. So she realized that because she had this path where she could um, potentially, like you know, make changes from the inside, but she had to play the ball game, right? Mm-hmm. So she had to do the things where, uh, like, generally speaking, it might have gone against her own morality or her own, you know, end point or her end game. So yeah. um, it, that's kind of like playing into that whole thing where. Um, the, it's the system that makes it very difficult for good people to do good things. Yeah. Um, and for when people do good things, they get punished for it, like almost well, it, severely. It gets me to thinking, though, every, uh, all the examples that you mentioned just tells me, the listener, that no matter who you put into the apex of the triangle, mm-hmm. 99% of the time, they will be you know they will become bad because they want power and it gets me to thinking is that the default of the human being like going back to the alien looking at human civilization if i'm an alien and i look at all the leaders like all the people who are in the top of the pyramid most of them become corrupt because there's a saying i forgot who said it but absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely yeah no, is I think that the, thing, the default is that natural to us i think i think on on that point and for all our listeners this is we're nearing the last 10 or 15 minutes of the podcast in case you yeah. need to know i think the thing about that is that i think it's because of the government structure all right here's the thing so like jordan peterson says uh, life is organized into hierarchies, mm-hmm. right? But you don't see these billionaires uh, like abusing their staff, right? But here's the thing. Or, well, some, well, some billionaires do abuse their staff, but whatever. But here's the thing. It's one of the what's, the difference, what's the difference between business and the government? Well, of course, businesses actually make money. But... <laughs> yeah, they but here's the, do. But here's the thing. See, I think it's about where you have trade-offs, all right? 
So when you're a politician, the only leverage you have is the budget and your friends in power. But because you need to have friends to go upwards or to actually get projects, you need to keep your friends happy. So by the structure, it's a I, I scratch my back, you scratch my back kind of system, right? Mm -hmm. But here, here's the difference within business. In business, you also make trade-offs. But the trade-offs are much more upfront. Okay, the trade-off is I'm going to give up 5% of my share and you can produce the product and take 95% of the earnings. So I make it. does it, not pretend. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't, like it's no holds barred. We're, we're, yeah. we're honest about it. We're both making money, but there are trade-offs that we need to talk about from the start. And I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Like in business, you can't leave it for later. If you leave it for later, you get fucked. You don't yeah. get, you don't earn the money. Like you need to negotiate at the start. If you, if you leave something, well, you know, we're friends. So we'll leave it for later. No, that business fails. And that's exactly the same way. But government structure allows it so that the government or the people in power aren't in a position to fail. They get bailed out. It's not right. my fault. On this project because it was not up front in the first place yeah yeah it's not up front because i think there's a there's a tendency to also be like um uh you're selling potential especially when you're a new candidate you know you're selling your potential um you're not necessarily like a lot of people will run on oh this is my track record or this is my that but in reality you're not you've never run in for that position. You don't know what that position really entails. Like the actual, like for example, the presidency, like a lot of people will say, Oh, I did this. I did that in, uh, in my town. But what you're selling is your potential to do yeah. things with that, with that position. Um, but uh, it, realistically speaking, um, I mean, in, with, with regards to that, uh, like uh, analogy with a business, however, you can actually see, uh, Oh, I'm a factory. I build things. These are the things I've built before. Um, mm -hmm. And if you have a thing that you need built, I'll build it again. Yeah. You know? And then, um, yeah, you also know, like, if it's worse now, I don't get sales. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, um, and it's kind of like interesting that, well, yeah, politicians are the only people that can only really sell themselves on um, on their promises, promises and their, and their potential. On the promises <laughs> and their potential. And then we are surprised that the promises are not, not followed put through. into fruition. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah oh, no. but it, in the beginning, it's our fault. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, kind of a, it's a kind of a difficult thing to tread. Um, and, and I do agree that it, it definitely comes down primarily to um, when, when positions of power, especially in governance, are, are basically not... Uh, held accounted, uh, held uh, to account for their oh actions. God. You know, yeah. it becomes very difficult because, um, like for example, uh, say uh, as a, uh, let let's take for the example of someone like the Phil Health thing recently. Like, uh, yeah, explain that for Meg because like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah so, I have no idea. So basically, uh, there was in the Philippines. A, so in the Philippines, we in, in the Philippines we have a social. Um, we have kind of like a public 
health insurance called PhilHealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively, if you've paid into that system, um, they work like an HMO or a, a, a health insurance or an insurance company. provider. Yeah, mm-hmm. where they take a, a huge chunk of or a chunk of what you owe to the hospital or for your medical bills, and they'll pay it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And basically, every working Filipino is mandated to be part of PhilHealth. So you're talking about billions and billions and billions of pesos. Um, and they've recently just uncovered that a couple of people have run schemes. Uh, let's just call them <laughs> schemes. Where okay. about 15 billion pesos worth of monies have been given to people where they should not have received that money. Um, one of the scams was, or no, sorry, schemes. One of the schemes was, um, okay. w- uh, they would declare that someone had dialysis, right? Um, and it turns out this person's oh. been dead for two years. And oh they've been God. regularly <laughs> receiving dialysis for uh, In heaven, the last two maybe. years. Right, yeah. It's, Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's, it's wireless dialysis. It's amazing. It's a new technology. It's, it's new technology, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, but so the guy who recently got um, put into that position the, as the president of PhilHealth, um, okay, again, this is not entirely his fault. This thing has, this scheme it's has been problem. running for many, many years, like even okay. before his time came around. Um, mm-hmm. But the guy who probably has some, uh, like, uh, who has some links to these, you know, these schemes, is now the Secretary of Health. So oh <laughs> he got a promotion. Oh, there was no. He's he's higher up in the pyramid now. Yes, exactly. So, so you wow. shake my back, I shake yours. No one shakes your back. Scratch your I mean, back. Scratch, scratch my back. <laughs> Oh my god. But um yeah, I think Mika's point is uh yeah, like he was talking about at the that was the end of apartheid he was talking about in South Africa where they basically understood that the people who were part of the system didn't necessarily I mean, we can't always speak to people's intentions, you know, mm-hmm. in the time that For they sure. were there. But mm-hmm. um Generally speaking, people who are part of the system are also victims. I mean, the way they under the, the way they had an understanding at the end of apartheid was that people who took part in the system were also victims of the system, not just or the people were who were yeah yeah by the circumstance yeah. right. So they, it was it was it was it was an, almost like an impossible situation <laughs> where if they became part of the system, you know, they would have to hurt people to stay in there. Um, but mm-hmm. if they didn't become part of the system, then they had their heads held to the ground, you know? Yeah, they so, will be the ones who get hurt. Right. Yeah. They will be the ones who are suffering. So, so it's like a frat. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Wait, wait, the go- frat. <laughs> wait, the government yeah. is like a frat. <laughs> there will be lots of hazing uh, for new members. Right. Do right. this, you'll get hurt. Right. Damn. That's so, so we're, so we're down to our last seven minutes and we actually haven't asked Meg, what's the weirdest thing for you non-coronavirus related? I already mentioned it. Like we don't assimilate to our environment. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. Yeah, but another weird thing I think mm. that human beings possess that doesn't like doesn't exist in other animals Mm. I, I want to give something positive. Like, 
We are the ones who actually has a perception of time. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, and it's weird for me because... Like every animal just, just they just die. It, right. This, this is kind of funny because I had this thought when I, back in the Philippines, I have four dogs. And they're yeah. just laying there under the sun and being blissfully happy. And I was like wondering, how does it feel to be a dog? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what would it feel like to have no perception of time at all? Like, right, because they're almost purely driven by instinct. Need to eat, yeah. need to drink, need to pee. And that's it. Yeah. And then they procreate and then they die. But yeah. human beings, like the people that you mentioned in your examples thinks about the past thinks about the future and that's why in the future i want to be more powerful so i want to climb up the pyramid something like that so it's weird like we are the only human beings who knows future and past and not only that not only can we travel to the future and the past we also plan for things that Mm -hmm. does not exist we conceptualize like everything that's not even there so time travel often you know often happens inside our brains we don't know it so (laughs) yeah contrasting if i'm an alien i think here's the last here's the last weird thing for me because because kuya was talking about uh kuya was talking about how uh, different social groups are different right Okay. And and I realized that if we're an alien and then we're looking in, right? And then fine, we recognize that, well, we organize, the, the people organize themselves into weird things called countries, which is kind of bound by, geographic, by, yeah. bound by geographic location, but also kind of not, but mm-hmm. it really depends or something. But yeah, but here's the thing which, well. but here's the thing which is weird about it. So so okay fine. They, you associate with people who are close to you. That's kind of normal. But here's mm-hmm. the weird thing. So you mentioned, Koya mentioned that the social groups, like if you're a person of color and you go to the United States, you're kind of discriminated from the onset, right? Yeah. So, but if you're someone from the United States, and then you go to the Philippines, the same thing doesn't happen. Right, because people worship you when you come to the Philippines. Yes, you are like, a little oh, god. Oh, mm-hmm. right, and yeah. and if you're an alien looking in, you'd expect that he should be discriminated too, because he, he doesn't, doesn't belong. Like, yeah. He doesn't belong to the social group. Yes. But then that's exactly what reflects like the the different social groups act differently, and it's kind of weird. Dude, humans are weird. <laughs> I mentioned so many things like, oh my god. No, because it's so normal for us, right? But then if you're an alien looking in, Mm -hmm. what why? What why does it happen? Is it because they're tall? But then why don't they respect the people from South Africa even more? Because some of the South yeah, South Africans are are taller. So so what's the reason behind it? You know? Mm. But anyway, we're what? nearing the end of this podcast, so we're, we're going to have some final thoughts. So let's start with Meg. So you're about to say something? Yeah, what I got from this exercise is really how important it is to s- distance ourselves ourselves sometimes 
to situations and look from the outside in. Because right now, the general feeling of the world is individualism should be something that we should put up front. But we have to look from the outside in, as what I have mentioned, and yeah. realize that we're actually a bunch of weird organisms. And <laughs> to tie back to what Louis mentioned earlier, the reason why we were so successful right now is because we were forced to evolve to cooperate with each other. Because not like other animals, we don't have sharp talons or we don't have sharp teeth. We don't run as fast. The only way that we can survive is to pool our resources and cooperate. And we have to remind ourselves that from time to time. It's okay to be an individual and to find who you are, but let's not forget where we come from. Yeah. I think that's the, the most important thing that I realized in this conversation. All right. Thanks, Meg. So we're glad that you learned something today. <laughs> yes, so I, I hope everyone's <laughs> learning something today as well, viewers so, and listeners. So how about, Kuya, what was, what's your ending or your key insight for uh, this episode, uh, I this think conversation? The, I think the most, uh, the most basic or the most uh, impactful thing I learned was that um, it, it really pays to think about even the weirdest questions that pop into your head, like um, explore them, you know, like, because uh, sometimes your most uh, incredible thoughts or most profound, like realizations could come from those weird thoughts. Um, and I'm not just even talking about like having this, like, <laughs> not even just talking about this, uh, this uh, conversation, but in general, I find that thinking about um, like odd things leads to very interesting paths of th of thought, you know. So, um, and just being able to have a conversation with um, someone about it, um, I, I think is one of the most important things. And you know, in this house where you know me and Miko and you know all our siblings and parents live, um, it's we're blessed enough that we're open to have these kinds of discussion. Um, so, I, I think the other thing. Um, that I think made it that this conversation made me realize is that how lucky it must be to f have someone that you can discuss these weird thoughts with, you know. Gosh, you know what? I before we go to Miko's final thoughts, this is actually the reason why I was bugging Miko to like, Miko, please let's make a podcast because <laughs> and this will be this will sound really sad. I don't have anyone to talk to about my weird thoughts here in my new country. <laughs> and back in the Philippines, I was spoiled. If, if, I, if I have a weird idea, I just call my friends and like, oh, what if, what if the moon does not exist or something? And they will <laughs> indulge me <laughs> about it. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the reason why we made this podcast. And I hope to people out there who have weird thoughts like us, we're here. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> Go, Miko. Right. Thanks, Meg. So I think my key insight from this is that I, I'm not actually sure if Koya actually synthesized what he mentioned. Like, have you read the book Sapiens, Koya? No, I'm not. All right. Oh, my God. No, so, so here's it. the thing. The, what you mentioned, it, it, it really sounds like what he mentioned in the book. So he dedicated an entire chapter talking about what you just said. 
Like the reason people are successful is because they take care of each other. And the reason for that is he examined the psychology of people. Like when people diverged into the tribes that farm and the tribes that are nomadic, mm-hmm. the, the chapter talked about like when you're, and this is the reason why people consider them barbaric. Because the way people, when they're nomadic practice was when you're slow and old, or you're disabled, you get killed. They leave you. They leave you behind or they intentionally mm, kill you yes. because you're slowing down the pack. Mm-hmm. And that's why we consider them barbaric mm-hmm. because those people who were in the tribes who farm took care of each other and they became a community. Mm-hmm. Like they, they raised people to farm together. So I, I think it's like a, the thought that you had was really amazing. And especially, it actually connects to what I've been experiencing this past two months. I, I think it's honestly such a wonderful experience. Well, well not, not almost dying because, because we got coronavirus here in the house. But I realized that like, through the coronavirus or through getting sick, I think it actually, well, for me personally, it made me more goal-oriented. Because you don't, I mean, I know that I wasn't going to die. But then there were really times that, uh, do I really know? Or do I just think that I won't die? Because I, yeah. because I, think, because I think positively, right? <laughs> but aside mm-hmm. from that, it also helped me realize that like a lot of families, because I would say we have a good relationship in the family, right? But at the same time, I think it made me realize that every relationship could be even better than it is. Or like, or for people who come from maybe families which aren't so good at communicating, like you could be in a family where you love each other so much, but you don't actually know how to communicate with one another. Right. And, and that's exactly what, like, what I've been building this past week. Like how do I communicate more effectively with, like I, I communicate effectively with people outside but I actually haven't been communicating effectively with people inside the house. Mm. And, and that's what led to all of these changes this past week. We rearranged the entire sala. We gave wow. Atikai her, we, we gave Atikai her, her, dream, her dream bed loft thing, but it's only because she's short. We rearranged <laughs> my entire room. Rude. So, wow. so it's like, it's so amazing what you can do and this is exactly why all of the success, successful people say that there's really a lot of things that you can't do yourself. True. You need to have a team to multiply your value. And that's an amazing thought. But maybe it's for a different episode. So I yes. like, I'd like to thank <laughs> everyone for listening to this episode of the Kind Everywhere podcast. I know it was supposed to be about aliens, but I think we talked about society and culture a little bit more well it's so, bound to happen because <laughs> we talk about humans yeah so we hope that you learned something in this episode and if you notice kuya has the best camera of all of us we hope that meg is going to get her new camera soon i hope that you can hear that my microphone is better this episode than the last one but maybe a lot of things are going to change in the future remember one of the things that we teach the most in this podcast is the importance of self-awareness 
So if you're learning something from listening to this podcast, stick around. But if you're not learning anything and you're not having a fun time, click on another one. We really don't mind. <laughs> so what's important is we all have fun. All of us here enjoy talking, so we're here. And if you enjoy learning, stick around. So that's it for the second episode of the Kind of Everywhere podcast. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. So, bye. So we'd like to thank <laughs> Kuya for being our first guest. And I hope, I think Meg agrees that we could have him on for a lot more episodes. Yeah, please come back. <laughs> I'm not then, going anywhere. I literally live here. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll also invite Meg sometime. But I think Meg's vibe or this podcast is a little bit more serious. So if you yeah. want to enjoy, uh, if you want to really just have a good old time, hopefully you'll have your videos on. Maybe we're going to examine some clips from the Philippines and review those for you on the podcast. I think that's a good yeah, idea, Kuya. Maybe we're going to explain the, explain the Filipino phenomenon to okay. people on the outside. That'll be so something. Meg will give us insights yeah. from Australia on how That'll this doesn't happen at all. And mm -hmm. maybe you'll catch that in the coming months in Orange is a Dad Color podcast. So nice. it's a spicy podcast. <laughs> He's really been pushing for that name. I'm not even joking. It's a great name. Orange is a dad color. Because it I, is. I kind of agree. It is kind of a dad color. That's how many orange? Be... How many orange t-shirts do you have, Meg? None. Yeah, exactly. You're not a dad. <laughs> Point proven. I have like a lemon yellow one, but. That's not orange. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're just having banter now. So thank you again for listening to the second episode of the Kind Ever podcast. I hope that you weren't as distracted as we were when we were having this podcast. But we hope that you learned something and enjoyed. We, are, we upload every second and fourth Saturday of the month. And we love having you around. So the question is for you this episode. What's the weirdest thing for you about people if you were an alien? So leave that yeah. in the comments down below. Anywhere that you can leave a comment. Yes, Meg? We have our Instagram and we have our Facebook page. And if you go to our Anchor uh, public profile, you can actually click the button message and you can record your own answer. And we don't know. We might feature you someday in our future episodes. We would love hearing from our audiences. Any feedback, negative or positive, is welcome because, hey, we want to improve. All right. So yep. thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to be involved with the podcast, send us an email at ask.kepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment on our Facebook or YouTube or wherever you can leave a comment. I'm not exactly sure if you can leave a comment on Anchor. <laughs> but if you want to be even more interactive, leave a video or a, an audio message. And maybe we'll feature you in the next episode. Maybe yeah. we can hear who's the most interesting question or the most interesting weird thing about people. But that's it. I'm Meg. This is... You're not Meg, you're Miko. You're not Meg, mate. What the fuck? No, you're supposed to say you're Miko. Damn it. It was supposed to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Miko? And that was a failed attempt. <laughs>
<laughs> and this is the Kind of Everywhere podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay. And then the outro we were... runs. <laughs> but there's no Miko, outro yet did... again. Miko, I did the I did the end part. Oh my god! I did the end part. Congratulations. And it, it felt more natural. I didn't.